angels cry out this unending song. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. We all bow down in wonder and awe. Forever we will sing of your beauty. Oh, angels cry out this unending song.
Your loving kindness kept 
New Hope worship team, if you can make your way to the altar, please, so we can pray before we start our service. Thank you.
check, check. We got people praying in this house. You know, let's just sing this as a declaration that strength is going to rise as we wait upon the Lord. Can I get an amen on that? Let's just sing it one more time. Here we go. It's our prayer. Here we go. Strength will rise. 
clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Somebody shout, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hey, welcome everybody to New Hope. We're going to continue on with worship. I'm just so glad that each and every one of you, you came out, you braved the snow. That shows me that you guys are dedicated, you're motivated. A lot of times, you know, for, for most Christians, they see one flake out their window. Oh, I can't go to church today. There's snow on the ground. I don't know. I might get in an accident. But you guys aren't like that. I was, I was out there and I was shoveling snow and I'm like, I hope people come today and you guys showed up. And I believe God's going to do something powerful today. And there was, you know, you guys may be familiar. There's a story in John chapter 4 and it's about a woman who was at the well and Jesus met her at the well and they had this whole conversation and and they had this debate about, you know, you guys worship over here, we worship over there. And, and Jesus said, you know what, there's a time coming where it doesn't matter where you worship. It's not about where you are, it's that Jesus is seeking people to worship me in spirit and in truth. So what he was saying, he said, he, he's looking for worshipers with a pure heart. You know, it doesn't mean that everything's perfect, doesn't mean you got your life all in order, but you got a heart that's turned towards God. So as we continue on in our worship, I just want to take this moment to just, just get our heart turned towards the Lord. A lot of times we carry a lot of baggage, a lot of things with us, a lot of burdens, a lot of struggles, but let's take that time to just lay it down because with God, all things are possible. And regardless to what you're going through in your life, there's none that are, there's nothing that's too big for our God. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord, and I thank you for all the people who have gathered today, and Lord, even for those who are still coming in. Lord, we just want to turn our hearts to you, Lord, and we, and we praise you and honor you for everything that you've done for us, Lord. We know that maybe it doesn't in the natural it doesn't seem like it but we know that our best days are ahead of us lord because we know that we have you and if we have you that's enough that's enough lord so we praise you lord for your grace your mercy your power lord and i just pray for every person in here lord that you would touch them in a powerful way and i pray it in the mighty name of jesus and everybody said amen amen god bless you
I turn back on Why would you turn your back on Why would you turn your back on When he made a way Yes, he did, yes, he did. When he made a way Yes, he did, yes, he did. Some of us are struggling, but we're here. Because he made a way. Yes, he did, yes, he did. Keep pressing in. Keep no pressing turning. in. There's no turning. There's no turning back. Because he made a way. Because he made a way. Because he made a way. How could you turn your back when he made a way? welcome you right now in this moment, God. Father of mercies, God of all comfort, and every
blessed with an awesome worship team yes yes you can be seated if you may we're going to continue in a spirit of worship as we take our offering if I could have our ushers come forward please I went to uh, I went to a special conference and Tim Tebow was speaking there and he was talking about when he kind of put 316, it's during a playoff game and he put 316 under his eyes. And a bunch of people Googled, you know, what is John 316, you know, and it became a whole thing like, oh, you know, can he do that? Can he endorse Jesus on the field? But anyway, it just turned out that millions of people ended up googling what is John 3:16, right and so most of us if we've been in church for any period of time we know what it says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but has eternal life and that's kind of like the the verse when it comes to uh, salvation and, and if you could only memorize one verse that you could start with that one it'd be a good one uh, to be with but in the context of our giving God so loved the world that how did he show his love he gave he gave his only begotten son 
that when we believe in him, we have eternal life. So God's love motivated him to give. And that should be the motivation for our giving through the church. It, it shouldn't be, oh, you know, here they go again. And if they put that basket in front of me and I don't have a dollar, like I'm going to feel sick, right? It's, it's not about that. It's saying, you know what, Lord, I love you. I want to see your kingdom grow. I want to see your kingdom expand. It's just I want to give out of a heart of love because that's how God is. God gives out of a heart of love. So let our giving be done with love. Uh, just pray about what God would have you give. Be faithful to that. Uh, if you'd like to give electronically, you can text the word give to that number up on the screen. And you can also go to fournewhope.org, our website. There's a donate tab and you can do it that way as well. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for everyone who gathered. And Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son. Lord, I thank you for forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. And not that there's any monetary amount, no matter how great it is, that could pay you back, Lord. But, but may our giving be done out of a heart that says, Lord, I thank you that you love me first and I love you as well. So we just honor you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys have your, as the ushers go forward, once they get past you, if you have your Bibles with you, just go ahead and open up to the book of Psalms. If you're new to the Bible, it looks like P-Psalms, but the P is silent. The book of Psalms 133 is where we're going to be. So glad that you guys made it here today. Psalm 133. Just going to be reading three verses. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you still need to look, say oh my. If you don't feel like turning there or doing anything, just say, dude, read it already. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Psalm 133, New King James Version of the Bible. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the beard, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Running down on the edge of his garments, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. Lord, I just pray that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I pray that my spirit would decrease and your Holy Spirit would increase. I pray that the name of Jesus would be glorified and the people of God would be edified in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, if you're new here today, we're about a week into uh, a 21-day fast that we're doing as a church. So um, I, I just called for the people that are, you know, members of this church, obviously health permitting, um, to go on a time of, of fasting from sunup to sundown and engaging in prayer, seeking the Lord, engaging in the word 
like maybe they never have before. And, and we're also having prayer uh, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And I've been teaching on prayer um, noon every day on Facebook and, and, and YouTube live. And um, one of the reasons why I'm fasting is because I want to have a clear vision from God about where we're going as a church, right? Jesus is the head of his church, right? On this rock, we sang it, you know, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So he's the chief shepherd of the church. So we need to be hearing from the chief shepherd as we uh, go out. We don't want to be busy with a bunch of activity or just see what the church down the road is doing or the church in the next state and try to do the same thing. No, we want to hear from God and say, God, what do you want us to do? What's the vision for 2024? And, 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 and I want everybody who's fasting to get a clear vision for, you know, what God wants to do with your life um, in 2024. I want you to be able to hear his voice and, and, and push towards that. And it's not just us as a church. There's many other churches outside of our denomination that are engaging in a fast and seeking the Lord. And, uh, but the whole entire Foursquare church all around the world is, is getting into this time of, of prayer and fasting. And, you know, why is it important that we do it together? Like, why couldn't we just do it on our own? Like, why is it important that I said, like, I want us all to fast together. I want us to all pray together what's what's the whole point of of being together and, and doing the same thing and seeking the Lord together now now there's certain words in the Bible that when you see them they're meant to draw attention one of those words is the word behold behold appears a bunch of different times in the Bible and so when you see that word behold you can think of it as like wow can you believe it like, pay attention to this. Like, can you believe this? Like, it's meant to draw attention to an important, like, like an important thing. Like, when an angel came to Joseph in a dream, the Bible says, behold, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him that, you know, Mary was, was with child with the, the Holy Ghost. Um, when Jesus was uh, went to get baptized by John the Baptist and John the Baptist first seen Jesus he said behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world at the end of the book of Revelation it says behold I make all things new so when we see the word behold in the beginning of Psalm 133 it means that there's something important that God's trying to draw our attention to so it says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See, when you're in a place where everybody's walking in unity, when everybody's getting along, when everybody's kind of uh, rowing together and walking in the same vision, it's a pleasant and it's a good place to be in. It's not good to be in a home where everybody's in division and everybody's on a different sheet of music and everybody's fighting. It's not good to work in a company or a business where divisive people are and, and, and people are fighting. It's not, it's not good to be in a church where there's, there, there's division. It's not pleasant 
but when the church gets in unity there's something good and pleasant in the eyes of God about that and and when it comes to unity unity in the church is is extremely essential and it's going to say why in the very next verse it says it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of Aaron running to the edge of the garments what in the world does that mean right it, one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is, is oil especially in the Old Testament there the, the symbol of the Holy Spirit coming upon somebody was the anointing of oil and when you had a prophet a priest especially a king when they would be anointed they would have a, a ram's horn full of oil and they would dump that oil on their head and it signified that God had called them and God was going to be with them during the time um, of their calling so the, the the oil represents the anointing the anointing of God on that person the anointing to be a prophet the anointing to to be a king the anointing to to be a priest and and what is the anointing the anointing is the manifest power and presence of God that's what the anointing is and Aaron Aaron was the first high priest in the old covenant so uh, and the Levitical priesthood came from Aaron's lineage so you had to be directly related to Aaron to be a priest and in the Old Testament that priest stood in between man and God that's where the priest was the priest was a person who was assigned to work in the temple to go in the holiest of holies or the holy place and be that representative in between the people but even more so than that uh, in Old Testament types Aaron represents appointed leadership of the church and so what he's saying is that there's an anointing that flows from God to leaders who are submitted to him and that anointing flows down from God through the leaders to all the people and when all the people are moving in a common vision then God sends a blessing to be there he says I send a blessing to that place so there's an anointing that flows and when we all get into a, a common vision of where God is taking us then God's anointing is made manifest among us on the day of Pentecost it says that they were in one place somebody say one place they were they were in one accord say one accord they were in one place they were in one accord in other words there was a unity there was a agreement and the apostles were told by Jesus to wait they were told to wait to tarry to to wait into Jerusalem for for the promise of the Father he said that that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you and he told that to his apostles right before he ascended to be on the right hand of the Father there was about 10 days between the time that Jesus ascended and the day of Pentecost the apostles were present when Jesus ascended and so they had about 10 days but in the upper room were 120 people so somewhere between Jesus's ascension and being in the upper room 
they gathered about 109 people because Judas was out of the picture. So you had 11 apostles, and then they had about 109 other people. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, well, how did, where did these people come from? You know, and I picture Peter just kind of like walking along and, you know, somebody's there. They're like, hey, what's up, Peter? Oh, man, you ain't going to believe it, man. We were with Jesus. He was resurrected. And then we saw him. He was ascended, man. He just, he just lifted up, man, and went, went into the clouds. Angels appeared to us. And he said, if we wait in Jerusalem, he, we're going to get supernatural powers going to be poured out on us. Man, you should come with us. Somebody's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I'm going. And then he's, he's walking along and he sees somebody else and he you know, tells them the same story. And they're like, well, you know, man, I, I'd go with you, but you know, I, you know what, my grandkids were just over the house and I really, I got to clean up my house. So, man, just let me know what happens, man. It'll, you know, let me know what happens. And, you know, I, I picture another guy saying, well, you know, I mean, it's just such a long walk to the upper room and, you know, my leg hurts a little bit, man, so I'm just going to take it easy and... You know, I really need to just get some rest. And, and, and in that, I wonder how many people, because the Bible tells us that there was groups of 500 where the resurrected Christ appeared to. But I wonder how many people missed out on that opportunity of being in one place in one accord and having that sound from heaven come like a rushing mighty wind, having fire come from heaven, speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and being empowered with the Holy Spirit like no other human being had been empowered before. Somebody say church power. We used to call it, they used to call it the corporate anointing. But I'm like, man, that is a dry name, the corporate anointing. I like church power better. That's why I called this message church power. And people wonder, well, why do I got to come to church? And, I, and I'm not even just talking about just coming, like showing up once a month or whatever. Like, why do you got to come and, and be a part of it and, and be an active member of the church? Why, why do you got to serve and, and be there? You know, because you can hear a lot of people who say they're, well, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I just, I, I really don't go to church. You know, I just don't really like organized religion. Well, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we don't really need the church, you know, me and my wife just sit and we have a Bible study in our jammies and, you know, that's, that's, that's church for us. I mean, these are stuff that I'm sure you guys heard before. Well, you know, I mean, I just, I go to, you know, I go to different churches because, you know, this place, you know, they, they, they have a, they have a potluck on the third Sunday of the month and I like their food and I go over here to see my cousin and I just kind of bounce and, and, and float around. So people got a lot of different reasons why they shouldn't go and be planted and be in part um, of a church. But like, if you think about it, Hope's Haven, New Hope's Haven Pregnancy Center opened up on January 6th, right? Last, last Saturday. And it was a lot of work and a lot of effort from a whole lot of people especially the board, but a lot of people who gave and, and sowed and, and, and prayed with us. And one of the people who's on the board, they got attracted to what we were doing because she tried to start it. She tried to start something like that. It was on her heart to, to start a, a pregnancy home. But trying to start it by yourself is hard. And, and, and it didn't go well, but 
you know, she, she was able to, to jump in with us. And I can remember, you know, another uh, a girl who was really, you know, she, she was really a great person and she wanted to start a recovery home. Kind of like how, you know, we have a, a, a men's, we have the Bridge Transitional Home and she wanted to start a home for women. And I remember going, she was having spaghetti dinner fundraisers and, and I went there and I'm real picky about my spaghetti. Like, I mean, my wife is Italian. Her, her relatives are fresh off the boat. So, like, if you're going to invite me for spaghetti, like, bring your A-game. That's all I'm saying. But I, I went and I ate bad spaghetti and I paid, like, $10 because I want. But, but the thing is, is she was doing it on her own. And she was doing it by herself and it, it never really materialized. And I've seen a lot of people go out and they have an idea and it's a good idea of, of how they want to change the world, how they want to help people, but they're doing it by themselves and, and they don't really understand like how much um, planning and how many things go into like starting like a social initiative. Like how are we going to get startup money? Like how are we going to pay for it? Like once, once it starts going, like what about like zoning and, and dealing with the, the local government? Like what, what corporate structure do you need to have? I mean, it's just a lot, and, there, and there's a lot of stuff, and, and people have good intentions, but because they do it by themselves and they go by themselves, most of the time, the venture fails. And, and what I've learned is that although vision can come from individuals, true vision is birthed in community. True vision is, is birthed in community. When, when, when the people of God dwell in unity, God commands a blessing to be on that work. When people get together and say, yes, I want to do that. I want to open up a, a home where any woman who's pregnant can have how When a bunch of people get behind that and believe that God's in it, God sends a supernatural blessing to begin to, to make those things happen. When when uh, God's people come together with one mind and, and one heart. There's this special level of favor and, and provision that, that begins to flow upon that project. And why is that? I, I think we can, you guys okay with me going a little bit deeper? All right. So, so let's, we're, we're going to get into one more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Steeler games postponed, so you guys are good. First Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 12. And let me go through this scripture, and, and we're going we're gonna to tie this whole thing together. We're going to wrap a nice bow around it. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4, Word of God says, there's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. So what's it saying? Different gifts, different ministries different activities people have a different gifting in them people have a different ministry that they're called to they do it in a different way but it's the same God 
that makes all these things happen. Verse 7, but the manifestation, right, that, the, the, the anointing, the, the power and presence of God, right, that's the, the man, God's power manifested, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills so there's supernatural gifts that work through various members of the church and they're different but the holy spirit is behind them all and he has given different giftings to function at different times as he decides how you need them. So each person has been given a, a, a measure of grace, a measure of, of faith. We've been given a, a measure of the Spirit to operate in a certain gift. One more scripture here. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So I'm not here to insult anybody's intelligence. I just kind of got to make a point here. Like Christ is not Jesus' last name. Like I'm Rick Thornhill. It's not like, you know, Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, and Jesus Christ, right? It's not, that, that's not his name, right? Christ means the anointed one or, or the anointing. That's why if you have a, a passion translation it, he, he translates, instead he'll say Jesus the anointed one. That, that, that is Christ. He's Jesus the anointed one. Jesus of Nazareth who is the, the, the Christ. Jesus said himself, he said, the spirit is upon me for he has anointed me. He is the anointed one. And, and when Jesus walked the earth, nobody saw anything like that ever before the way that he taught they said he teaches like he has authority they couldn't believe the depth of the revelation that he taught he he healed the sick blinded eyes cripples uh, lepers raised the dead right amazing uh, amazing miracles financial miracles he he fed 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and and a couple fishes when when Peter couldn't pay his taxes he said Go down by the river and catch a fish, and in the fish you'll find a coin right in his mouth. He, he spoke to wind and waves when there was a, a massive storm and just said, peace, be still. Like, people couldn't believe the way that he operated. And the Bible also tells us in John chapter 3 that Jesus was given the Spirit without measure. In other words, there was no limits on Jesus and the way that he walked in the spirit it says the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him 
bodily. He had the spirit without measure. He operated in all five office gifts and every spiritual gift, right? There was, there was no measure given to him. He had the spirit without measure. And a lot of times people will look at some of the miracles of the Bible and they'll say, well, you know what? I, I, I want to see those miracles and I don't know why, you know, I'm not seeing the miracles in the same way when, when Jesus walked the earth. Didn't he say that the that, that greater things that, that you would do because I go to, to be with the Father? And one of the reasons I believe that we don't see the miracles all the time because it's so hard to get the people in the body of Christ in unity. It, it's so hard. It's, I mean, it's one thing to even develop a sense of unity within the local church, but then to get multiple churches and multiple denominations kind of lined up on the same page, it's, it, it, it's very hard. Because people, for the most part, are very independent-minded, especially Americans, right? We're, we're, we're independent. We don't, we don't want to listen to other people. We, we don't want to wait for other people to, to kind of catch on. We don't want to listen to other people's input or, 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 or advice. The people want, want, want credit for themselves, and they're afraid that, that, that if they give too much and they work too hard, that somebody else will get the, the credit for their hard work. And there's a saying that says that if you want to run fast, then run alone. But if you want to run far, then you got to do it together. I was watching 90 Day Fiance. Don't judge me. I, I couldn't find anything else. There was nothing else, all right? Don't judge me. And, and there's this girl on there, and, and she's getting married to, like, this dude, and he's, like, from Lithuania or Estonia or something. Like, I don't, is Estonia even a country? Am I making that up? Okay, all right. So it's, like, somewhere, like, over there, like, some kind, like, one of them former, like, Soviet bloc deals. And so, you know, she's getting married to this dude, and her brother doesn't like him, and you know, and, and there's some static between the sisters because they think, like, he's taking advantage, like, trying to get a green card. And, like, there's all this drama, but the dad really likes him. The dad gets along with him. He's working in the dad's business and, and things like that. So the dad gets an idea, and he says, you know, we're going to get the whole family together. You know, we're going to get the whole family together, and you know what? We're going to have a nice big cookout, a nice get-together. And we're going to work all this out. We're going to smooth everything out. Well, that's not what happened. <laughs> Basically, they, they started arguing in the episode. Like the sisters started arguing. And then the brother got into it. And, they, and next thing you know, like people are just start throwing. They're just throwing blows, right? They're fighting, you know, punching each other in the face. Like people are screaming. Like there's all this stuff happening. Like all this chaos. And then... The dad's just sitting in the corner, right? He's, he's the father of the whole family, and they just show him, and the guy's just sitting over there crying. And, and he's just so upset because all he wants in his heart is to get his family together and allow them to get along. You know, and, and I just, I, 
I was thinking, you know, when I was there, like so many times, like in the body of Christ, we act like that dude's family. And, and Jesus didn't die to start a religion. He came to build a family. You know, and, and, and we commit to our family and we love our family and we don't judge our family. And we're there when our, when our, when our family needs us. And so many times, instead of acting like Jesus told us to act, because Jesus said that the way that you love one another, then people will be able to tell that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. But we act like that same dysfunctional family. And, I, and just like it grieved the heart of that father to see his family fighting, I wonder how much it grieves the heart of the father when his family fights amongst each other. But when people can begin to put the things that I talked about aside, their own pride and their own ego, and, and they don't care about who gets the credit. They want to give glory to God, and they're working together so that, so that we can give God together, that, that we can give glory to God together. When that body begins working together, then in the book of 1 Corinthians, what we read is that, is that body is Christ. That body is anointed. People have been given different spiritual gifts and people have been placed in certain offices, but none of that is called to work alone. None of the gifts are called to work alone. None of the office gifts are called to work alone. God has made it to be that every gift of the church is made to walk together. Why? Because you and I have been given a measure. You and I have been given a measure of the anointing. And God's made it so that when you get your measure, and I put my measure in there, and he puts his measure in there, and they put their measure in there, and they put their measure in, and when we put all our measure in, then we have the full body of Christ, we have the anointing, and when we begin to work together with one vision, one common plan, working in unity, then God commands a blessing to show up there. Then the oil begins to flow. Just admit it. You were like, man, I don't know where this guy is going. But then when we come together and we would come together with our different gifts and our different talents and a different measure and the different abilities, the oil flows, the power of God flows in our midst. The anointing flows and the impossible becomes possible. Because then that's when the miracles break out. That's when signs and wonders happen. That's when demons flee. That's when yokes are destroyed because of the anointing. That's when you see the kingdom increase and supernatural provision. That's when you see ministries launched and, and churches planted. Because when God sees the brethren dwell in unity, he commands a blessing to be poured out there. Somebody say church power. Church power. That's why we come to church. That's why we are the church. And in 2024, I don't know about you, but I want to be walking in the blessing of the Lord. I want to walk in the blessing of the Lord for all of my days, and I know you do too. And we started this series, and we called it Consecration. Consecration. Worship team, if you want to make your way up, if you want greater things, then you got to be able to you got to be willing to push the different levels. 
You're not going to get greater things by doing the same things. You're going to get greater things by pushing into being deeper. To say, you know what, this is the year I'm really going to get committed. And I haven't done it in a long time. But in February, we're going to have a membership class and a new members class. And I know some of you guys have been in this church a long time, and I haven't done it. And, actually, and you know, just to be quite honest with you, one of the reasons I quit doing it is because I, I didn't feel like their membership like really meant anything to them. Because people would come and be members, they'd come to a membership class and they'd, they'd leave like two months later. And it was like they were mad over something that I said. I know it's hard to imagine somebody being mad at me, but it does happen. <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know, if it's not going to mean anything to people, then I'm not going to do a membership class. But God spoke to me and said, no, you need to call the people to make a commitment to plant roots, to be part of the body, to say, you know what, this is where God has me in this season, and I'm going to plant my roots, and I'm going to find my place in the body. I'm going to find my place to serve and give, and I'm going to watch God build his church that the gates of the hell will never prevail over. For so long, the things that we've been doing there's been a bottleneck. There's been a little bit of a bottleneck when we, when we try to expand and we try to do new things. And a bit of that bottleneck is because we only have a few people who are dedicated to serving. We only have a few people who, 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 are, who are dedicated, who say, yeah, I, I want to serve in the kids' ministry, I, I, I want to usher, I, I want to be on the prayer team, I want to, you know, all the things that we need to, to function as a church, I want to be on the media team, I want to I help out in some way, and, and, they, and they make a commitment, and they're, and they're dedicated to it because they're, they're working for the Lord, and, and, and we've had this, this bottleneck where we've had the same people, and so I can't wear those people out. People say, well, what happened to your Friday service meeting everybody Friday? Like, I don't have anybody to work in the kids' ministry. Sometimes we only have one or two ushers show up. Sometimes we don't have any sound people. And then we have to wear out our worship people. And, and, and I want to do more, and I want to do greater things, and I want to do more outreach. But I believe that this year it's going to be different. And, and, and part of that membership class is going to be that, that, that we're going to take some time to figure out, like, how has God designed you? And, and where does he want you? And what is your destiny? And where does he want to place you in this body? And I believe that when you give, your, like when you serve, like that develops you. That develops your ministry. That develops your relationship with God. So, so I'm believing that things are going to be different this year, that we are going to be in unity, that we will move in the same vision, that we're going to have plenty of people who want to serve and get mobilized because we are believing God that we are going to take this city for Jesus, that there will be greater things in our city. Amen? And we've seen this much of it, but there's a day coming where we're going to see a lot of it. I, I said it a, a bunch of times, and I believe it. It's not about me. This church, there's going to be a movement that's going to happen here. If Jesus doesn't come back soon, from this church, there's going to be books written about this church. 
about the move of God, about the way that we impacted the community, about the way that we helped people, about the generosity that we had, the miracles that happened. I truly believe that. And it's about this body because then this body is Christ. Jesus left, but Christ never left. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, but the anointing of the body is still here. He's the head, he's in heaven. We're his body, we're here on the earth. It's our hands, it's our feet, it's our mouth that Jesus is going to do his works through. And I'm believing that for each and every one of you. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed just before we close, I want to give you that opportunity to join the family. And you can make a decision down the road if this church is for you. Hopefully it is. But I'm not talking about joining a church right at this moment. At this moment, I'm talking about you saying yes to Jesus. I'm talking about you turning over your sins, your shame, your guilt, everything that you dealt with. And you're saying, you know what, Jesus, I believe that you died in my place for my sins, so I want to give you my life, I want to give you all my old baggage, and I want to pick up your life, and I want to live a new life in 2024. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to give you that opportunity, and you can respond just like this, just stick a hand up in the air, and just say, today's my day of salvation. Is there anybody here before we close? Amen. God sees your hand, he knows your heart. God sees your hand. Anybody else before we close? Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to ask you, if you raised your hand, to just step out. Step out from where you're sitting and just come right up to the front. I know it's scary, but listen, Jesus died for you publicly. And if you can't come out, live, living for the Lord can be difficult. Just step right out. Come right out. Could we give them a round of applause as they make their way forward? God bless you. That's God bless you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. God bless you. I'm going to pray with you guys. just want to take a hand. And we're going to say a prayer together. And we call it the sinner's prayer. And it's not a magic formula. But if you pray it in faith, it has all the power to take you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of light. So just repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. The things I've done. I'm a sinner, but you're my Savior. And I believe that you died in my place for my sins. Send the Holy Spirit to live within me and change me. And I'll follow you for all of my days. So today, I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again in Jesus' name. Can we give them a round of applause? Give me a hug. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you guys want to greet them, go ahead and greet them. Worship team, take it away. There's another name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen.
Amen. Can we stand and worship? Come on, let's stand and worship. Stand and worship. Thank you, Lord.
I didn't go there because I didn't know if he knew the chords for that. Yeah. 